Welcome to the Science of Psychotherapy podcast with your hosts, Richard Hill and Matthew Darlitz. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Science of Psychotherapy podcast. I'm Matthew Darlitz, Editor-in-Chief of the Science of Psychotherapy. And once again, here with Richard Hill, Managing Editor and Globetrotter. Hi, Richard. Yes, occasionally I sit there and say I'm in Sydney and it's great to be here, but I'm not in Sydney. I'm in, where am I at? I'm in Bucharest (laughs) in Romania. Yeah, so I'm in Bucharest in Romania. So we've been taking uh, the science of psychotherapy on tour. And um, now I I already have sort of a bit of establishment with the mirroring hands process, which, uh, you know, I I think people, as they're looking at it and getting people looking at the process and realizing that it's something that has psychotherapeutic importance, but particularly the client-responsive nature of it. So that's been really good. And so we did the first uh, full one-day workshop uh, based around the book, uh, introducing the ideas of, uh, and I think you put it nicely, it was in some of the things you presented, the whole body brain. So that's a term that I started to I started to use and I, I put up front on what was going on. The response was really it was really terrific, and uh, you know they bought a bunch of books, which is terrific. Yeah. Now you started off um, in the UK, um, and uh, you had a yep. bit of a chat in Bath. Tell us about that. Yeah. So the Bath Talk was uh, an organisation, CPBC, sort of counselling and psychotherapy. And they, it was interesting. They're a non-profit organization. Hmm. So we have to be charitable to psychotherapy now. <laughs> I agreed to do it. Uh, did it, it was through one of our connections, Andrew Jameson, who talked about the uh, the importance of the midlife crisis. Uh, right. And we did a podcast with him a while ago. And he was fabulous. And uh, we had Andrew Thomas, who was also there, who did the Rainbow Map stuff. So all these beautiful connections we made. So everybody, you know, go back and remind yourselves about uh, how those guys' work because that was great. And we got podcasts from both of them. Anyway, they introduced me. So, you know, I didn't sort of madly go looking for it, just did the introduction. And apparently the room, which was about 40 people, uh, it sold out and uh, I, you know, was with the within the group. But anyway, yeah, I mean, filled up. <laughs> what, what can I say? But just like in a few days and with a waiting yeah. list. So... That was very exciting. People were really interested, but bringing it to make sense. So we talked about genetics quite a lot, and uh, they found that really interesting. They were really interested in just seeing, we had some footage of the height tapped into that the, mm-hmm. on the YouTube, where there's lots of wonderful stuff from Australia, the animations. Yeah. Uh, but we also just uh, talked about client responsiveness, which is, mm-hmm. you know, which is really, I don't want to sort of, push things in any particular direction, uh, just out of my bias, but I'm going to push things in this direction <laughs> because now I'm doing the PhD work and I'm seeing all the work that's been done and all yeah. these really interesting people who are talking about this. So that was, impo- that was important and the uh, everyone was just really grateful uh, for the science of psychotherapy for pulling all the information into one place. And okay. That was, that was terrific. Okay, so the general the general feeling is that um, therapists are keen on you know knowing knowing more about the science of psychotherapy in the UK. They're certainly keen on the idea of it, uh, right? Because th- this is the thing, and I don't. It, it's exactly what we uh, expected, but that's a lot of work. Mm. Um, was the comment, and of course, this is what John Arden 
was saying and said in our introduction and saying in his his work, yes. Yes, it you is. You are working. You are working with people's mental health, their um, psychobiological stability. If my brain surgeon says to me, or if my heart surgeon says to me, or even my GP says to me, not even my GP, but but meaning the more generalist person says, "Oh, gee, I've just come back from a conference in somewhere, and I learnt an awful lot." Well, mm. by golly, I'm going to be. Uh, very impressed. Whereas if my practitioner says to me, oh, well, you know, it's a bit too hard to learn anything. Well, I just rely on my university stuff. Right. Yes. I just go find somebody else. So gradually people are doing this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, it was, yeah. Sorry, Matt, question. No, I was just going to say, because it it is, it is hard to a certain degree. I mean, it, and it takes time, um, you know, to, to, to read and to understand and to, to dive into the material. Um, yeah. But again, as John Arden has agreed with us, uh, the 21st century therapist really does need to have this broader perspective. And um, if you don't, I think you might get left behind. I'm sorry, but I, you know, that's... Well, I- yeah, I think the I think clients are going to realise how useful it is. Uh, I mean, Scott Miller talking and and Wampold, uh, Bruce Wampold talking about deliberate practice. Mm-hmm. This is something that the client responsiveness uh, people uh, bring up. And I'm reading the book and I'm uh, the, the papers and they're talking about that. And I think, well, I know those people. This is yeah. I haven't met Bruce Wampold yet. So I mean, I think we we have to pay attention. Uh, two things. I mean, it's a little bit older, but the book we've had a hundred years of psycho- psychology, and everyone's getting worse. Uh, the James Hillman, right? But also, um, Scott Miller's done you know some meta studies, and one of the things that he brings up to people in, in workshops is that of all the things in the world, psychotherapy and psychology is one of the few things that have not improved its success rate. Uh, right. People run faster. People, mm-hmm. you know, they've changed clothes. We've improved cars. We we can do all these things. But and actually, the um, William Stiles, who's done a lot of work on, he's been doing responsiveness work since the the mid nineties. Uh, you know, please check him out. William Stiles, S T I L E S. Just Google, and you'll you'll find him. But still, they're, they're, you know, I think there's further that, that they can take it. But he's been um, doing this since the 90s. And, and it's a very, very hard aspect of therapy, that, that moment-to-moment improvisational approach. Yes. Uh, uh, because people say to me, oh, when are you going to come out with the model, the science of psychotherapy model? Yeah, yeah. And the answer is that the science of psychotherapy model is to be technically proficient enough to improvise. Yeah, yeah. It's well, it's it takes work. That's that's why it might be scary to some. But it's about it's not about being an encyclopedia of you know knowing brain parts or just being able to rattle off different neurochemical interactions reactions. This is a very a holistic, integrative kind of perspective that we are trying to sell to you. And it's very pragmatic. It's very practical. We're not interested yeah. in raising up a bunch of psychotherapists who are, you know, just a good lexicon of, you know, brain names, for example. Yeah. 
And I was talking to very interesting people last night after some of the students in Bucharest. It was a fa- it was mirroring hands, but there I, I there was there was quite a bit of science of psychotherapy I put in there, uh, which is great. I think we had we had about fifteen or eighteen people uh, in the room, uh, but we had about fifty people online. So I was working to you know these two eyed people and then this one eyed camera, you know. But um, <laughs> the questions that were coming in constantly, yes, but what do I do when they've got depression? And I'm saying. Try to do less because they've got depression and try to work with what depression is informing you about. Try to explore and examine what could cause depression because depression can come because they're having a bad day, you know, a bad time, a Mm -hmm. current problem. Depression can come because they have a historic trauma or perhaps attachment issues and they're being they're being particularly triggered at the moment. Depression can come because you've got a disquiet and a dysfunction in your gut microbiome. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Uh, or th- something right. in your thyroid, or there's a whole multitude of things. That's right. Depression, you're sorry. Depression because you've got a, a skin disorder. Mm. Uh, depression is like is like I'm hungry. It's a it's a mechanism of making uh, making us objectively aware. Or, what we talk in, in thinking in systems, it's the emergent um, observable property. The the phenotype is another word. So all these, and I'm looking forward to, to more and more people reading our book, John Arden's book, Cosolino, and are these terms coming into the, the language so that when I say to someone, oh, this emerges, you know, they're mm. not thinking it's a bear coming out of the cave. It, it's actually um, this this observable um, expression that reflects the nature of the interactive process that's going on beneath. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and of course, are, uh, good things are, I mean, happy happy and being in love and all those things are also emergent you know, expressions. Yes, yes. And, and what you introduce us to in terms of complex um, systems is so very important. And yes, we've been talking about complex systems for a long time, but it really hasn't had the impact, I, I think, in, in psychotherapy broadly, I think, um, until now we're on the sort of the cusp of it. Yeah. And uh, I, just last night at dinner, in this conversation, just moving on to just the genetics and it was a really interesting comment. He said, oh, you know, I, I'm glad you're talking about genetics, but, you know, what's what's the real stuff? Uh, what's the real stuff? Yeah, he said, because there's just a lot of stuff being said about it. Um, and he said, I go look it up and it's not true. Oh. And it was difficult. I, it was, And they are. They're sort of saying that genes do things. He said, what does gene expression really mean? People are adding a lot of cognitive Cognitive um, control over gene expression okay. as different from cognitive influence, you know, mm, from, from mm. thoughts down to, to, to genes. Because this is this great desire, and I'm seeing this because, uh, you know, I've done the work in London. We then went into Portugal, and we're talking to the university there. That was another place. They just put up a, a, a an ad for the student. We're going to promote a talk about the science of psychotherapy. We had 70 people. Right. They, they were expecting 10 or 15. Mm. You know, students aren't interested in things. Uh, but they all come up. And it was the older 
uh, members of the audience the, the, who were doing degrees, the late starters, they were very excited about everything. Some of the younger kids were really excited as well, but there was a lot of that youthful, oh, please don't impose upon me, you know, that youthful um, uh, uh, reticence and caution uh Please don't tell me to learn something new. I'm really busy. I'm doing everything I can. And I, I did the yes-no exercise just to show them how their body is affected by just a simple, potent stimulus. And people were saying, oh, yes, in the no, I felt like this. In the yes, I felt like this. And I'm saying to them, well, there you go. I changed the way your brain was interpreting the world. I shifted cellular uh, stabilities. I probably, uh, this this pro, uh, exercise has been going on for five minutes, changed your gene expression uh, to some degree from in order to, to generate those feelings and moods. And there was one lass who was looking a little bit, I don't know, I just felt, I, I, anyway, I just said, and how did you feel? Uh, what, what feelings did you get? And she just went, oh, nothing. Right. In, in that sort of, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, afraid type of thing. Mm, I said, oh, you must, have felt, you must have felt something. I said, mm. no, no. And um, mm. I thought, okay, leave her alone. Mm. Um, be responsive, you know. <laughs> don't don't terror, terrorize uh, Portuguese. You know. But that's the good news there. And so I met with the administrators of the university, um, the uh, Federico Sassoa. Uh, private university, and our friends uh, Almeida, uh, uh, Agostino Almeida and Celso, in there have been working. We've been writing uh, actually a curriculum for them, and we are closer, 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 closer to having a postgraduate diploma being offered by the university. I'm not going to say it's happening until there are students sitting in a room, but we're like 90% there, and uh, I was really there to do the final pitch. So okay. that's what the student's uh, student presentation was for. So that was fabulous. So you're in Romania right now. Um, so where, now. Where, to, where to now? Where to now? So next is to Italy. And so Italy, I link up with the, uh, the group that I'm the science director for, CHIPS. But that's the strategic therapy organization. And uh, I'll be speaking at the strategic therapy, so the, the, the major organization uh, there. And they're kind of pretty much the, the foundational organization in the world. I mean, Watzlowitz set it up. And um, so that's fantastic. So I'm doing a presentation with uh, Francesco uh, Cesar, who is at the Salerno College. So we do that in Rome. Then we go down to Salerno and I'll be teaching science of psychotherapy. So we'll be teaching complex systems, systems thinking. And so I'll be I'll be talking about systems thinking at the, the Rome conference, saying, sure, these are the things of systems. You know, we have fundamental principles and organizing principles and and uh, feedback loops and things. These are the, the things. But this is what it means in the way you think. Right. So when you're looking at a client, you do this. When you see something going bad, you're looking for feedback loops instead of looking for linear cause and effect problems. Uh, feedback loops are incredibly important to, us, to, to help us understand whether our therapy is being effective or ineffective and potentially damaging and causing a, a, an enactment or a, you know, a negative impact just by the work we're doing. 
Yeah, and it's absolutely. so much easier to read a feedback loop than it is to determine there's been a cause-effect problem. Mm, yes, totally. Well, that sounds really interesting. And um, and then is that the end of your tour? Well, let me see. London, Portugal, Romania, Italy, seven presentations, including three one-day workshops, meetings with university people, meetings with the, the CHIPS uh, students. Yeah, that's it. So we're, we're, we've worked you hard then enough. I, then, <laughs> then I come home. I think it's been pleasing. And we want a community. We want people to find both the need of education, and there is mm. a need. The, the need is I need – so as, as someone said, when you're doing business, what's the problem you're solving? Well, the problem we're solving is the fact that difficult clients – are not being helped. I had just the other day a client who was a very, very, for a long time. I said, look, I'm going away and I think we might have gone as far as we can go um, because of various reasons. Go and see if you can get into a program. Go to your doctor, get a psychology, uh, get a, you know, mm-hmm. a thing for a program. So she said, okay, a bit sad because we're working so well, but she understood, went to the program joined the program, I think it was about a six-week, it could have been a 12-week, but at least a six-week. And three weeks in, they said, I'm afraid you're unsuitable for the program. Right. Mm. You know, you don't fit the theory. And this this is the the big disaster that we have in organised medical medicine. We, We diagnose you, we give you the program. If you don't fit the program... We no longer have responsibility. Or yeah. we, and, of course, my word, we know, but they're saying it, we no longer have response-ability for your case. Our response-ability, and their, their responsibility, they're admitting that their responsibility is limited. Mm. And so it's not that she doesn't fit the program. Our program is not expansive enough to be able to adjust to your needs. And again, we try to be reasonable, and I'm trying to be reasonable. Going, well, I understand that you're a, you're a government sponsored thing; it's money. You have to do things, but the client keeps coming to us with all the problems. Mm, mm. They don't just come to us with the problems that we can uh, diagnose and then treat. They come yeah. with that problem, and they have a this, and they have a that, and they have another thing. Um, but I was learning something more just reading the other day, talking about the the uh, behavioral framework of attachment styles. So there's the talking about clients who become too needy because of needy attachment styles, uh, avoidant and ambivalent styles, and then those who push away and become very resistant. And it just gave me that extra little bit of depth. And of course, I'll be writing about this, you know, when I can for the yeah. magazine. We'll be and we'll put up a course about it. But um, okay, yeah, that that's that's what's that's what the, the, we are in a world, and the world is in the same. It's in the same bowl of soup. It's a bit like a minestrone, um, but there's a lot of people, and this bowl of soup is is um, it's got a lot of problems with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you're out there uh, helping psychotherapists. Um, grasp a, a bigger picture and hopefully a more effective uh, way of approaching clients. 
and uh, looking forward to you coming home, but so appreciative that you've been able to get out there and travel through Europe and do this work. And uh, thanks for being able to catch up with me. Uh, I know it's, it was pretty early in the morning for you, so. <laughs> yeah, well, I miss you. <laughs> we, we, we talk three or four times a day. It's been terrible. <laughs> and, uh, I think my message is um, to everybody that I'm picking up in the world is um, we are doing great work and uh, we can do better. And yeah. that is the excitement, that there is more we can do and there is young people or I've been meeting all these amazing young people and yeah. they they want more because they want to be good therapists yeah. that's a good sign fantastic well thank you everybody for joining us here on the science of psychotherapy podcast i do apologize for the the glitchy bits in in the audio um it's, <laughs> the romanian connection wasn't as good as we we hoped it would be um but you know that that happens right. and look if you do want to support us please jump across to the scienceofpsychotherapy.net that's our academy site and there you can subscribe for 12 us dollars a month you can opt in or out as you please and we would love to have you as part of the tribe yep support us support yourself to become a 21st century therapist fantastic okay. <laughs> that's it signing off from europe uh we'll we'll see you in a few weeks okay fantastic thanks for joining us and see you later bye for now thanks for listening to the science of psychotherapy podcast for more great science go to the science of psychotherapy.com